You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. through some times together haven't we Jack sure have yeah I, I know I said I wouldn't do this I didn't lie I didn't lie Hang on. Oh, I didn't lie I brought the Alabama jersey out and I said that uh, I wouldn't do it again I said I like all codes of football I kind of struggle with soccer I don't get into it and not a lot of action happens, so quiet. So Gary Odell, bless his cotton socks, went out, made me a goalkeeper. How you like it? Now Gary is Gary's on his way to Singapore, so he couldn't be here, so you need to Instagram this to Gary and tell him he's a champion. It fits well. I'm wearing it next week on holidays. Uh, I dress like this. We're up in cowboy country next week in the Cairns and Townsville. So I guess I'm going to have to become a Jets fan. Maybe? Okay. You're going to do that? Send this to Gary Jez. You t- I was going to wear it this morning, but I would have I given it away. Gary, this is for you. You got it? Good? All right. No more jerseys, Nate. That's all right. Got to love it, don't you? Maybe I'll go to a game, become a fan. Yeah, why not? Could be exciting. Hey, you know, last week uh, we began the relational family series called Full House. We, we talked openly and honestly around that, but I like what Pastor Nate brought about having a vision for your family. You know, a lot of people take that Proverbs 29 verse, where there's no vision, people perish, live by the law, and you're going to be blessed. And they apply it to every area of life career, workplace, finances, even physical fitness in the gym. Come on, get, your, get a vision for your fitness, set some goals, this, that, and the other. That's the first time I ever heard somebody take that and apply it to your family. Get a vision for your family. That was a great word. What, what does your family look like to God now and down the track? He'll tell you if you'll just listen to him. So, well done, mate. We needed to hear that. That was great. As a matter of fact, it's interesting as you, uh, you kind of go through the book of Ephesians. I know, I know. It's kind of fallen out of my Bible. I've got favorite places in the Bible. You know that. Um, I'm a Pauline man. I can't help it. I'm not Pauline. Don't call me that. Uh, I said I'm a Pauline man. Get that right. Uh, I love Paul's letters, you know, more than anything. But it's interesting as you go through the letter to the Ephesians, how the issue of relationship appears in every chapter. Every chapter. As a matter of fact, when Paul uses the word you, we're Westerners, we're not Asians, we're not Hebrews. Um, When we see you, I think me. This is about me. But when they see you, they see all of you. And it's actually written like that. You know, Paul was a Southerner. If if we translated it the way he said it, it'd be y'all. He's talking all y'all. You know, it doesn't matter in Alabama whether I'm talking to one of you or ten of you. It's still y'all. And, but he's saying you. You can't do this alone. You are designed to do it together. As a matter of fact, in chapter 1, he starts out with our relationship with God. My relationship with God isn't just about me. It's about us. Okay? Chapter 2, relationship between the races. I, I don't know about you, but if there's any little speck of racial prejudice in you, confess it and get rid of it. 
Before I got saved, I grew up in a culture where it was still very divided between black and white, racial rights in school every year, all kind of stuff. And I, I, I grew up with the heritage that you hate the other race. I'm here to tell you, when I got born again, God took that as quick as possible. You know, if I had a church in America, I'm telling you my worship pastor would be African-American, without a doubt. Um, to, to, to mix the races. And Paul said, the middle wall between... Sorry, Rach, I know you're as light as they come with blonde hair, but put some chocolate on your face for me. Okay. Anyway, Paul said the middle wall between particularly Jew and Gentile has come down, the two have become one. Chapter 3 and 4, he's talking about relationship in the church. Chapter 5, relationship between husband and wife. Chapter 6, relationship between parents and children. And also in chapter 6, the work relationship. Amazing. Amazing. You know what's significant though? You get to the end of all of that and Paul ventures into 6 verse 10, the longest, largest, most exhaustive passage in the Bible on spiritual warfare. That's not insignificant. That's not a coincidence. You need to get this. From the very beginning, the enemy has set out to fracture relationships, and he continues to this day. And the first relationship he attacked was the first one ordained by God, which is that of marriage, separating Adam and Eve. And while I don't want to stand here today and give the devil more credit than he's due, don't blame everything on the devil, and, and I certainly don't want to give him more power than he actually has, we need to be aware that marriage has been, it is, and it will continue to be under fire. Now, some of you here have been married, some of you will be married, some of you uh, hope to be married, some of you are married. Regardless of where you're at, you know, even before I met Janet, when I was at university, I went to a marriage seminar that would help me set a vision for what marriage should be in God, even before I met the person. Because it is that fundamental, it is the most fundamental relationship in society. You track through history and you see where the family has degraded in society, you will see that society start to crumble, without a doubt. Yeah, okay, you're not convinced. I think Paul is telling us this about our marriage. Be ready for battle. Be battle ready. Learn how to fireproof your marriage. Just because you are born again doesn't mean the heat won't come. As a matter of fact, it depends on how you interpret statistics. I mean, people can make statistics say all kinds of things. You can really sway statistics. But they are saying that the statistic of marriage breakup in the church is just as high as it is in society. Mm. We can't stand and point fingers. We need to stand and look in the mirror. Fireproof your marriage. And here at Victory, we've got marriage mentors who throughout the year arrange things that help with fireproofing your marriage. Like, we no longer do pre-marriage counseling. We do marriage mentoring. We don't want to just take you through six courses, tick the boxes, because you're not thinking about all that. The girl is thinking about the day, the guy is thinking about the night, and it's all over. That's true. It's true. We want to build people who will relate to you in real life marriage before, during, and after. Because that's when it all comes, you know. And these couples also, help, they mentor couples in crisis. But they also put on special nights like date nights, 
And, and one coming up this Thursday, it'll be up on the screen. There is a marriage seminar night coming up with pastors Chris and Ruth Brown, close friends of ours. These guys are so committed to the family. You might remember their eldest son, he's a captain in the army. He played drums for us when he was stationed at Singleton. He's now, I think, in Adelaide. He went from here to Townsville to, to uh, Adelaide and, uh, and committed to the house of God. He used to drive from Singleton to one of our campuses to play on a Sunday morning. And, and the whole family loves God, serves God. They are committed to building marriages that will last. They do it in their church every year. They do this around the globe. They just did one recently in Vietnam with pastors, leaders, and couples. So we're privileged to have them here on Thursday night. You can still register. If you really want to invest in your marriage, you should do this. You know what's interesting? Most of us guys will pay mega dollars to go to the gym. We'll buy a product to build the body. We'll do all kind of stuff. We'll go to financial counseling. What are we doing to build our marriage? Just saying. So I want to invite up a couple who are on the marriage mentoring team so you can hear from them about fireproofing your marriage. We all love Harvey and Leanne Gron, don't we? Get on you, Harv. Got his serving Hello. shirt on. <laughs> you guys are going through a change of season. You're about to sell the business and enter a new season, which is awesome. How many years have you guys been married, Lon? 30, 34 years. 34 years. How good is that? I was only a child. You were only a child. <laughs> but, but listen, tell these guys just a little bit about what the marriage mentoring ministry is about because you're part of the team. One of you, both of you. Yeah, so Darren and Becca are our leaders, mm -hmm. I suppose, and the, the organisers. And it's not that we have greatest marriages out of everybody, but we just know what a good marriage can be. And we right. see lots of marriages all around us in churches, and, uh, and they inspire us, and hopefully we inspire them. And right. we know that it gets tough. And there wouldn't be so many verses in Scripture about right. husbands, make sure you love your wives, and wives, make sure you respect your husbands, and, right. and all of that, because we fall out of a view of what real marriage is and uh, connection with God, and we just focus on the enemy. What? <laughs> what? No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, so, the marriage mentoring... Yeah, we're going to have a session here. So, the marriage mentoring, we do at Victory is for what, Lon? Um, yeah, it's really to get couples together, um, like Harvey and I, and there's a few other couples, obviously, that sure. do it as well, and to come alongside um, other married couples and to help, to encourage, um, you know, to build, build marriages up, really, I yeah. guess. We had a couple who we actually did pre-marriage with yeah. a few years ago, and they rang us one day in a state. And when they came, we sat down with them. And when they started talking about what was going on, we could see exactly what was going on, right. but they couldn't. Right. Um, they're in the heat of the, of the battle. Sure. And, but Harvey and I could see exactly what was going on. So we were just able to good meet point. with Sometimes them. Sometimes we need outside eyes yeah. looking in. And right. we were able to meet with them a few right. times and just, yeah, Great. help. Great. So she said there's a team. Now, there is a team. If this interests you for any reason, marriage mentoring, um, see Ian and Joy Goldsworthy. Stand up, you guys, if you don't know them. See Ian and Joy Goldsworthy. They're on the team. What they will do is that they'll go back to the team and talk about the best fit for you and try to team you up with another couple. And as Harvey said, it's not that we're perfect in this. It's that we're working on this. 
which is that's the point to get. We're not talking about perfect marriages. We're talking about committed to having a good marriage and a working marriage. So here's the deal. You pointed at her and said, enemy. Right. So here's the deal. Has, has Has there ever been a time in your life where your marriage was under fire? Are you willing to be that honest? He called you the enemy. Come on. Yeah, so stuff happens in marriage, doesn't it? Um, sure. And women are from some other planet. <laughs> <laughs> Venus, and something Venus. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're Mars. So, We're Martians. And, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, just a typical bloke who's pretty thick sometimes. <laughs> and No. Yeah. Um, Never. Yeah, and Lion might get angry at me sometimes, uh-huh. and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what this is all about. <laughs> yeah, so, but... To, um, yeah, it all comes back to our faith, uh, or for me particularly, and I've said to Lam before, I have doubts if I didn't have a faith in a God that we would still be a couple. Right. This is important. Tell me, could you, would you mind being a little bit honest and saying, hey, look, there was a time when it looked like it it might go under or we thought it might, was it, was, can you share a little bit of that? Yeah, I think when we... Let's be real this morning. Yeah, when Ah. we were early married especially um you know we've spoken to lots of people say oh the first year of marriage was fantastic you know we're in the honeymoon oh harv and i were oh my goodness just the extreme opposite we you know you're bringing two strong-willed people together Mm. and throwing them in a house together and saying well here you go um, so we actually did go and see a counsellor, mm-hmm. and um, did you guys have mentoring before though? No, no. Isn't that interesting? Well, I think we met with the the man who married us twice. Right. And but it wasn't re- it wasn't really done okay. back then. Sure. And um, so we went and we had a couple of sessions with a Christian counsellor, uh-huh. and he he did for us what I just said we were doing for this other couple. He could see exactly right. what was going on. Right. But we couldn't because right. we were in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, that really set yeah. us on a good path. See, this is, this is not what disqualifies you, this is what qualifies you. Mm. Because I think a lot of people stick their head in the sand about this. Or us blokes tend to go, I don't have a problem. You know, Janet telling me before my sabbatical, you think you ought to go see a counsellor? Man, I got this stage, I'd stomp my foot. I am a counsellor, I counsel other people. Right. And we get a bit even angry about it, whereas it's the very thing I needed. I needed somebody who could see what I wasn't seeing. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about it. What, what was it like? I mean, what, what actually made you go, we're going to make this work? Um, Why did you get committed to making yeah, it work? Yeah, I think for us, we're both, unfortunately, re- Harvey's parents divorced when he was quite young. Yeah. And my parents divorced when I was an adult. And we didn't want to do that. Um, okay. We had seen what it did. You wanted to make it work. We wanted to make it work. You know, Why? And, and Why? not only that, we wanted to honour God. Okay. And we... um, Because a lot of people today, Leanne, go, ah, well, you know, half the population give up. Yeah. We can start again somewhere else. Why why not do that? Why be committed to making it work when it it gets tough? I think that deep down inside, I've always known that the Lord brought us together. We met at Newcastle Show, for goodness sake. (laughs) Um, So the Lord is in the show. All right, I got it. (laughs) So the Lord's in the show. And when I look back, when you look back in hindsight... We'll be at the Spring Fest next week, don't forget. Anyway. (laughs) Um, I could see how the Lord was moving us together. 
Right. And I thought, you know, it's the old marriage thing, you know, what the Lord has joined together. Yeah. Let no man put asunder. And I didn't want to be the person that did that. Right. And so I just asked the Lord to show me. And through that, I got a real, I have a, still have an enormous respect for Harv. Um, He's a good man. He is a good man. And I defer to him all the time, you know. And we've put into practice things in our marriage now even. We have a room at the front of our house, a lovely old-style lounge room with a fireplace. And that is our go-to conversation room. Okay, so you, you've created a place where yeah. you go, this is what it's for. There's so you've, no been, you've been intentional about that. That's right. And so, if and that's not hard to do, is it? No. Okay. And we if there's Lan, pressure... Whenever Lan tells me to have a <laughs> cuppa with... Well, that's it. I go to the You room. do whatever you're told. That's okay. right. We know which room to go to. Don't be fooled about this guy. He's got a strong will, though. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. So I do want to ask this question to you. You said, gee, there was a time if we didn't have the Lord, it wouldn't have worked. What about having the Lord made it work? It's one thing to say that phrase, but listen, if the church is keeping up with the world, about 50% of marriages in the church are ending. Okay, so it's more than just saying the phrase. What did that mean to you? Yeah, so um, it's being real about my faith, I suppose, um, and verses in Scripture that you've you've said. Yeah. Uh, It's all about choices, and I remember when we first came to Victory, um, a, a verse that... Uh, got popped into my head in Genesis before Cain killed Abel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word came to him, sin is crouching at your door, you must choose. And wow. that really stayed wow. with me through life. There's decisions that we make and we have to choose. And right. people say about, oh, no, I was born this way or, oh, the devil made me do it. Right. Lots of stuff. Or what if. But, yeah, I must choose. It stops with me. And God gives us the strength because it says in his word, and it all comes back to God's word and to his spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are his children and that there's an eternal perspective. We're here for our 80 whatever years, sorry for those that are over that, but, um, and... Not sorry, we're glad they're here. Yeah, yeah, so... So, so, so here's the deal. Faith, yeah. I, I, I want to make this point. It's easy to look at Janet and myself and go, well, you guys are paid to stay together. <laughs> no, no. No, but here's the deal. There's a lot of pastors' marriages who are falling apart too. But here's a couple. They're not paid to stay together. They've got a reason in God to stay together. Yeah. You know, do you want to say anything to that, Leanne? Um, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes... Um, Harvey and I have worked together for the last 17 years as well. And so we nego- we're good at negotiating with each other and we're good at communicating because we have to at work. Um, I think that we, have, we do have a deep love for one another mm-hmm. and that, that really sums it up. You know, I think that that love, and, it, and like Harvey said, it comes from the Lord, right. you know, because we don't always get on <laughs> and I think but we do have that deep love for each other right. and that respect for each other as brother and sister as in the Lord yeah. as well as husband and wife. So it's a lot deeper than what Hollywood portrays. Yes yeah. and we've surrounded ourselves with other couples. I counted this morning there's probably half a dozen couples some in the church um, that we would go to in a heartbeat if we had okay. big issues where that's we good. thought you know. Um, Even if it's just stand with me. That's right. You don't know? have to be a counsellor. Yeah, that we can be honest with and we can say, look, you yeah. know, this is where we're at. Okay, one last question. What would you say to couples out there 
give them some advice on how to fireproof your marriage? There's so many resources. There's so many people around right. you. There is a, a God who is for you. Come on. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest. And, and don't feel that it's you. No one else has got your issues. Um, God has made us very much all the same, and we all go to work, and we all have issues with finances and sex and kids and each other and where we're going to live and all the rest of it. And it's just a we just stum keep stumbling through and say, Lord, help me another day. Right. And yeah, that's just. Be, be connected to God and to other people. Yeah, that's right. probably the key. But we've yeah, because yeah. we're we're pretty thick. You're right. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty thick, and <laughs> but because I've got other people around me, and I, lots of uh, lots of younger marriages than us. Even yeah, I just look around sometimes on a Sunday, and I think, mate, they're going great. Yeah. That inspires me. You know? Yeah, and we all need that little bit of a, an injection. And yeah. the truth is too, like. Um, you know, whether you're married, newly married, or going to get married, or you've been married for decades, you still have to fireproof your marriage, don't you? Yeah. You, you have to get ready for it. It's, it's a day of battle, whether we like it or not. Yeah. There's so much screaming at us about, it's easy to end this. Yeah. So, you guys are champions. Come on, give them a hand. <laughs> Amazing people. They're very real about it. You couldn't get better mentors than the ones we've got in our church and these guys. Hey, before we kind of wrap up today, I want to go to that passage in Ephesians chapter 6. If you're using the Analog Bible, you might want to go there or else it'll be on the screen. But I want to read this. It is about spiritual warfare, but I want to, I want to challenge our approach. I want to challenge our approach. It's often read about the church is under attack, Christians are under attack, Christianity is under attack. I want to challenge our approach to say, this is also about God giving us the resources to fireproof our marriage. So that when we read this, we're not just thinking about my individual faith, but I'm thinking about my family, your family, our family, the families of this nation. So I want you to kind of switch your mind into that so that we're thinking about our marriage when we read Ephesians 6. We're going to start at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Just pause for a second. He's not describing your spouse. That's not Lon Harvey. That evil force is not your wife, not your husband. And can I say this? You are not going to win the day until the mindset switches that your spouse is not your enemy. They're not your opponent. They're not your enemy. They are not against you. This, has, this is not some cosmic scheme to make you hate life that you got matched up with her. Uh, you've got to switch your mindset on this that, or else you've lost from the beginning. You enter any relationship like that, you've lost from the game. So they're not your enemy. However, there is an enemy behind all this engineering, uh, the destruction of your relationship. Okay, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. In other words, because they're coming against you, you've got this full armor, now put it on, so that when the day of evil comes, it's not if it comes, it's when it comes. Mark it down, men. You will be tempted to have an affair. Now, that might offend you. 
But it can happen to, if it can happen to King David, it can happen to any one of us men sitting here today. There's not one of us that God has spoken over you or me saying, that is a man after my own heart. I mean, God admired David. And David was in his 50s when he committed adultery. He was not a kid. So, fireproof your life, guys. The day of evil will come. Okay, anyway. Just need to be a little bit firm. All right, let's get back to it. So that you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Verse 14. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray for all our marriages. So so I want to just share quickly three actions that we can take to fireproof our marriage. Number one, tap in, don't tap out. Number two, put on, don't take off. Number three, stand up, don't sit down. Gee, you guys are quiet. At least vomit or do something. You know, I, I want to hear some noise. If you don't like it, blah. just I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm telling you, if we don't get this right, everything else around it starts to crumble. Okay, so here we go. Tap in, don't tap out. Now, I've got to confess, I am a UFC fan. Sorry to the pacifists and the greenies, but I'm an MMA fan, mixed martial arts. That's not, ma'am, can I do so, please? That's mixed martial arts. And it has nothing to do with my marriage, except I get to watch it all alone. It's my time, because Janet doesn't like it. So I watch it on my TV. But here's the deal. When a fighter gets his opponent, wrestling, martial arts, did all that stuff. When a fighter gets their opponent in a certain stronghold lock, the person taps out. Why do they tap out? I've been beaten. I give up. I'm finished. I can't fight anymore. And they admit defeat. So when it comes to your marriage, no matter what stronghold the enemy is trying to hold on you or your spouse, don't give in. Don't give up. Don't tap out of your marriage. Listen to me. Too many people are doing that today. Don't be another statistic. God hasn't given up on your marriage. Neither should you. God has a way to help you to win. You heard Harvey say that. Back to verse 10. He says, finally... In other words, after I've told you throughout this book about all these relationships, make sure that you get empowered to stand in the fight, especially to stand for your marriage. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His great power. I don't know about you, but Harvey admitted it. I don't have the strength to fight for my marriage. I come from a line of multiple divorces. It just is the natural thing to do. If it's not working, if I don't like it, just give up. The next one might work and be better is the philosophy. So, if I didn't have God, I don't know what I would do. I don't think I'd have the strength. I don't think I'd have what it takes to make this kind. You're talking about living in, I mean, when you start getting aggravated, when they turn the toilet paper the wrong way, you know, you know you're getting aggravated at little things, right? Or they squeeze the toothpaste in the middle, or, or they keep dropping their clothes on the floor and not putting them in the hamper. People start arguing over the little things. Little things add up to something big. And it's not just the little things. When the day of evil comes, I don't have the power to stand against that in myself. 
I'm not that good of a person to be able to stand against that. But I thank God that, that building a winning marriage doesn't have to be in my own strength, in my own devices, in my own wisdom. We haven't been left to our own to make this work. Well, I hope it works. Golly. Don't get married if, 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 if you're afraid like that. Because God has promised to give us power for our marriage. He said, be strong in the Lord. This is a gift from God. When our marriage is in the Lord, that's a key. I think Leanne said something like that, didn't you? When it's in the Lord, that's important. We have a strength beyond our own. But here's the deal. Even though it's a gift, Paul words it in such a way that the gift is there, but you've got to take it. He's not going to shove it on you. He's not going to force it on you. You want the power of God for your marriage, then you've got to receive that. Yeah, God, I need to stand in your power. And if it means I've got to lose my power, because when I'm weak, then I'm strong and your power overcomes me. You receive it. And can I say this? The best way to fireproof your marriage is for it to be in the Lord. That's why it's fine. And I'm not going to apologize for this. I never will. For, for preaching the gospel for going on 40 years now, I will never apologize for this one. It is vitally important that we are equally yoked. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. It gets very personal when we start talking about this, but I want you to think about it. We are spirit, soul, and body. When we get married to a person who is not a believer, a third of them is not alive. There is no interest. There is no sympathy. There is no encouragement towards the, the spiritual component of relationship. How can I be one with that person when there's a part of me I can't share in oneness? It just doesn't work. We have different values. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? But can I say equally yoked isn't just about whether one's born again and the other one's not. What about one who really wants to serve God and the other one doesn't? And yet they say they're Christian. That's why our first, one of our first discussions at the library, Lynchburg, Virginia, 1977. We went to study together after we met in class deciding, hey, this could be a good thing. Let's meet at the library. <laughs> we went to the library. She'll tell you the first question or the first thing I said to her was this. Listen, I better tell you this before we get started. Because we weren't really there to study. <laughs> you can find some nice hiding places in a library. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, okay. First thing I said was, before we go any further, we get started. I really need to say this. I know that God has called me to leave home and to go overseas for ministry, and it's probably Australia. It's 1977. And I said, if that is something you are not interested in at all, we shouldn't go any further. For me, that was not negotiable. You mean that was more important than her? At that moment, it was. Mm. Mm. Because the Lord had trusted me with that. So how could he trust me with her if he can't trust me with that? I'm just saying quietly. Don't be unequally yoked. Second. Oh, you're so quiet. I'm glad I'm going on holidays after Send all objecting emails to nate.welburn at c3victory. Okay. Second, put on, don't take off. Too many people are turning their back on this and taking off running. They're giving up and walking away. 
And yet, in this scripture, God has given us the equipment that we need to face it, to fight for it, and to win the day. So we've got to put it on. Again, this, this is what's called the imperative mood in the original language, which means God is not suggesting that this is a good idea. He's commanding that if you want to win, you've got to put this armor on that I'm giving to you. You don't have to make the armor. You don't have to buy it. you just got to put it on. It's his armor. And here's an interesting thing. When you do this, you've got to face the right direction. You read about the armor. The Roman soldier had nothing to cover his back. Because he was not allowed to turn and run. The moment the soldier turned and ran from the battle, he was no longer covered and promised victory. Interesting. The moment you turn and run from fighting for your marriage, you're not covered by this armor. Wow. Golly. You thought I was going to preach something nice today. This is nice, guys. We don't make this, we don't make it. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to take your stand against the wilds. Did you know that wilds is the original word methodias, where we get word methods from? The enemy is scheming tactics to destroy you and your marriage. If you're not planning to have a good marriage, he's planning for you to fail. You better mark that down. And that's why God says, you can put this armor on. You can take a stand and you face the right direction and you're going to be covered. And you know you can stand because when it says you will be able to stand, the word able means that you have been given the ability to do this. So Paul is saying, you can do this. You can win the day. The worst that can happen to you in this day is that you stand. You might not move forward, but you're not going to run. You're going to stand. So I want to encourage you, do an exercise. I want you to do an exercise. I want you to look at the equipment out of here and apply it to your marriage. He's literally talking about the armor is the equipment for battle that was given to a Roman soldier. Every piece was important, like the belt of truth. So a Roman soldier had a belt, and that belt, sometimes you'll see it's a big kind of leather thing with a buckle, and they've got a tunic. And if he's going to march quick or he's going to stand to fight, he's going to tuck that thing up in his belt so he has freedom. You'll know the truth. Truth will set you free. Put on the belt of truth. What's that got to do with your marriage? Keep truth like a belt tight and close. Don't allow the, the lies and the deceit of the world to enter your mind about your relationship. Remember, accusation is a tool of the devil. It's not a friend of your marriage. The moment you get into the accusing mode of each other, truth is gone. Yeah, but what if they really did it? Well, how do you know that's the truth? This is the truth. Keep it tight. What about the breastplate of righteousness? It covers only from the front, but it covers the most vital organs that could take you out at a moment if a, if a thrust of a spear got through. You cover your heart in marriage. You cover your heart with what is good and what is right when you think about your spouse. Man, I wish she would. Golly, I wish he wouldn't like that. No. Righteousness over your heart keeps you from going to the wrong places in your soul. What about shoes that are made for marching? What are they marching for? They're marching not for war, but for peace. Isn't that interesting? 
the shoes that are taking the gospel of peace everywhere they go. Listen, wherever life takes you, whatever season you find yourself walking in, be a bringer of peace, especially in your home. Bring peace into situations. Don't walk in fighting her. Walk in and standing together to fight the enemy. Because you've got peace in your world that makes you stand strong. By the way, a Roman soldier's shoes had what they called hobnails on the bottom. They weren't just sandals like we know, sandals. They had little nails on the bottom for two things. To march strong and quick when you need to. Or to stand, dig in and stand your ground when the evil comes. That'll bring peace. What about faith? That's an interesting one. Shield of faith. Stand behind the belief that God has to bless your marriage, not this other stuff that the enemy has. Take faith, belief together. You know, the Romans' shield had a hook on each side. They could lock together and lock together. And what they would do when the arrows would come from the enemy, they would bring that shield back over them called the, the turtle so that the arrows didn't get through and kill them. Stand alone with a shield. You're not likely to stand long. Lock your belief system together that God has called you, ordained you, believes in you. Believe God's word about your marriage and you will stand strong and you will quench all these darts. Like, here comes a dart. All right, guys, here comes a dart. Gee, she looks pretty, doesn't she? Wish my wife looked a bit like that. Hmm. Wish my wife was that pretty. Wish my wife was that sexy. Wish my wife still had the hourglass body. And these darts start coming. Then they go a little bit stronger. Lock your shield of faith together. It says in Proverbs, let the wife of your youth, her body. I won't talk about the parts that Solomon did. He was a nasty boy. Anyway. <laughs> but he wrote and said, let her body satisfy you at all times. Not just when she's 20. At all times times fiery darts are going to come lock your shield together have faith together that God has good plans for your relationship and you can sit there and go yeah but our relationship didn't start good we probably shouldn't have got married listen regardless of what your past is God has a plan for your future don't go there because then you get to the helmet of salvation what is that like well the helmet of salvation is like this Put this thing on that's going to make you think thoughts that preserve your relationship, not break down your relationship. Think about that. Don't allow your thinking to go to the what-if zone. Oh, what if I didn't marry her in the first place? Or what if I had a new partner? Everything would be good. Don't go to that zone. You put salvation on your thinking that says, this, you, you heard Leanne, this is the man God ordained for me. He brought us together. And even if it wasn't the healthiest way it was brought together, listen, God was still in control. And then you've got the only thing in the armor that is offensive, the sword of the Spirit. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Do you know, he uses the word there, rhema, which means the activated, uttered, spoken word. This isn't just, I'm going to read some verses. This is now, I'm going to take the Word of God and I'm going to cover it over my marriage. And what He is saying about us together is, is more supreme than what somebody out there is telling me. Oh, she's not good enough for you. He's not good enough for you. Don't listen to that. That is not God's Word. 
Don't go to that what-if zone. You stand up and you declare that, no, this marriage is ordained of God, good, bad, and ugly. We're going to make this thing work because God has his hand and his blessing on this. Sorry. Just, all right, point three. Don't tap out. Tap in. Don't put off. Put on. Don't, don't stand up. Don't sit down. Verse 13. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand. You know, about four times in this short text, he, talks us, he tells us we can stand. But you've got to stand. It's time to take a stand for our marriage. And it's time to take a stand as a church for marriage in general. We cannot sit back and passively let the world tell us what it is anymore. And what it should be and what it could be. I'm telling you, we don't, we don't have to go around with placards, but neither do we have to just passively sit back as little Christians and, oh, well, oh, well. Listen, just because the government changes its mind on what marriage is does not mean that God has changed. I'm telling you now, it's time for us to stand for what is right and for this great gift that God gave us from the beginning of time. You know, Jesus, one day the interesting not the government but the religious leaders were trying to trick him in the area of marriage and divorce so Moses said we can give a divorce paper to our wives and that's it you know what Jesus did at that moment he said well I know what Moses said but what's God say have you read the scriptures They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. There is no other relationship on the planet that is described as one flesh. Not, not even with your children. As good as that is, husband and wife, that is the only relationship on the planet that pictures Christ and his bride, the church. Two will be joined. They're united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. This year is a monumental year in this nation for the issue of marriage. And we don't apologize for it. And our movement that we're a part of decades ago, long before this became a public debate, our movement decades ago when it wrote down this is what we believe now you probably have never read that because it doesn't get flaunted but if you go to the c3 church global website there'll be a there'll be a section on there about us that talks about what we believe and there's all these points now the interesting thing is point 11 under c3 church what we believe says this about marriage here it is marriage was instituted by god ratified by jesus and is exclusively between a man and a woman is a picture of Christ and his church. Long before this became a public political justice debate, our movement, our tribe said, we stand on this. And it does not change. The word of God endures forever. And we don't apologize for that. Now, that doesn't mean we're going out with placards, but what it does mean is we've got to stand together for what's right. We've got to stand together for our marriages, that our marriages are right and true, and that we picture to this world what it really means to be Christ and His church. As we build these marriages that are fireproof, let's stand together. I don't know about you, 
but I need you to stand with me and Janet in our marriage. Not that it's in crisis. I I would say we've got a strong marriage, but even when your marriage is strong, it can always be stronger. Right? So we're standing for our marriages just to get stronger. But if your marriage isn't strong, if it's struggling, be honest like Harv and Leanne were and go, I need you to stand with me. Because, listen, one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.